Cinnamon Girl from Musicology, recorded 2003 at Paisley Park and released on the 27th of March 2004. It was also released as a single on the 28th of September 2004 in the US and the 8th of November 2004 in the UK. On the track you have Prince uh, and then doing backing vocals you have Candy Dolfer, Chance Howard and Rhonda Smith. Although I say backing vocals, yeah I guess they're, they're like a little kind of chorus that just kind of kind of do backing vocals for Prince on this particular track. Uh, the track is 3 minutes 56, and joining me to talk about today is Josh Norman. Hello, Josh. Hi, Darren. In terms of the genre, uh, I mean, it sounds like an upbeat pop song. Yes, it does. Um, until you pay attention to the lyrics. <laughs> That's right. And then, <laughs> and then it turns out that it is a scathing endorsement of the, um, the war on terror, I guess. I mean... Yeah, um, or a cautionary tale of uh, profiling, maybe? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, there's, it, I mean, you know, this is, uh, to my knowledge, this is the one and only time in all of Prince's back catalogue where he mentions the words 9-11. Right. Um, uh, which, you know, if, uh, if if the next line had been was an inside job, that would have been um, hilarious, but I would have just been, I would have stopped being a Prince fan that day. But as it is... Um, you know, he. it's mostly a commentary on the cinnamon girl of the title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have mentions of Babylon. Uh, we have talk of a holy war. Um, you know, 9-11 gets name-checked. The, then there's the uh, the war on terror that gets mentioned. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, in terms of, like, um, you know, Prince's, uh, you know, kind of catalogue at the time, uh, particularly musicology, I wouldn't say that you could kind of nail musicology down as being a 2004 album. Like... I, there's stuff on there where it's like the you know the the style of some of the songs you, you could say were probably from any point in the previous ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's nothing that kind of pins them down to be in 2004. Prince hasn't really got like a huge like R and B influence or a rap influence on the album. Like it's it's very much kind of like a almost like I don't know possibly one of his more timeless albums um, from that period. Uh, so it's interesting that he then has a song that has all these very specific references. Yeah, very dated. Kind of come out of nowhere. And, um, you know, by the end of the song, if you've been paying attention to the lyrics, you're like, I, I don't know what on earth. Like, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I can kind of understand maybe what prompted Prince to do this because, you know, obviously, you know, in the past, I mean, he has, he has like a lighter skin tone. And, you know, he's, he's been able to kind of pass for being, um, you know, not African-American, let's say. Obviously, in Purple Rain, you know, he's he's depicted as having, you know, uh, being of mixed race. Right. And, you know, it, when in fact he was not, uh, this is a mistake that obviously I personally made myself on a couple of episodes and other people have made as well uh, due to the fact that, you know, Purple Rain is kind of seen as a biography instead of fiction. Um, so I think it's interesting that Prince kind of talks about this person who has been attacked because of their mixed heritage. Like, I just think that's an interesting kind of note, simply because of the fact that, you know, Prince, um, I mean, in his final kind of five, ten years, he very much kind of embraced his black heritage a lot more than he had done, 
you know, when he crossed over. I mean, obviously, Purple Rain is mostly a rock album. It's it's yeah. not like, you know, so I guess that was how he was kind of seen in the 80s was as like a rock artist. And so it's interesting that, you know, he then spent most of the 90s kind of grappling with, I don't know, R&B and rap and kind of more um, kind of black music influences. And then here, you know, he, he's making a song that is about someone who... Um, I I think I mean I don't know does he ever does he ever say Muslim in at any point in this song or no. is that merely implied? Yeah, I, I think, think it's it, implied. Mostly. I think it's implied too. I also wondered yeah. if um, maybe someone he knew suffered from this kind of discrimination too. I mean, Cinnamon Girl describes the complexion of many of the women he was involved with and married with are kind of fit yeah. this description too. I get. I guess maybe there's a, there's a, there's a possibility that someone who he knew was. Uh, profiled as being Middle Eastern yeah. when maybe they weren't and maybe that kind of prompted him to record this song but I don't know it's it's an interesting song just because the fact that it is so upbeat and poppy that's the, that's the kind of weird thing is like you know and the Prince has done this a few times where he's made songs that are very kind of like upbeat or gentle or in some way they don't sound like a kind of protest song and mm-hmm. yet then when you get down to the meaning of them um, then you find out that basically he is kind of angry about something, but he's just not expressing it in an, in an angry way. Right. Um, you know, the last time he did this was probably Avalanche, uh, where he mm. talked, where he had, which has the line, Abraham Lincoln was a was racist. He, yeah. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of discussion about the 13th amendment, um, and, you know, black artists being signed to punitive record deals. Um, so, you know, like that's kind of the last time he really got political. Of course, having done two instrumental albums, he hasn't really had the chance to get political. Right. There, there aren't a, a lot of, of not a lot of political statements made with music alone. Takes, yeah. takes so, lyrics. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think it's interesting here that he's like, I don't know, so explicit. I mean, he starts off with as war drums beat in Babylon, which obviously, you know, Babylon being the Middle East. Yep. Um, Cinnamon Girl starts to pray. I mean, that is why I think maybe this is meant to imply that she is a Muslim. Um, you know, I've never heard a prayer like this one, never before that day. So, I mean, obviously this feels like someone, you know, praying about countries that are probably in the middle of being bombed. Yeah. Um, you know, possibly maybe she's losing some relatives or something or, you know, um, possibly her parents' homeland is being kind of bombed to pieces, something, yeah. something along those lines. That's how I see it. And... You know, the video, um, which was only uploaded uh, this year to YouTube, and which I, I was not aware of in any way until it was uploaded to YouTube. And, oh. you know, one day, all of a sudden, YouTube tells me there's a new video on the Prince YouTube channel. And I'm like, oh, I wonder which video it will be this week. And it's Cinnamon Girl, which I didn't even realize had been released as a single or had a video. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I even pulled out. I have the, the maxi single that includes the video and has a video of the behind the scenes of the video also. So it's yeah. kind of kind of a neat thing to oh, realize it now. There we go. So and in that you have like, um, I don't know if uh, I, there is a song. Uh, there was a song. There was a film that was released um, around this time, maybe a year or so before called Waltz with Bashir, uh, mm. which is like a cartoon. But it's a cartoon about, um, uh, you know, a Middle Eastern conflict. And it's basically um, like the way it's the way that it's illustrated is similar to the, the, the kind of illustration style that's in the video for Cinnamon Girl. But obviously, you know, with that being a feature film, the style is more complex. And in this, it's very kind of it's clearly, you know, just stuff against green screen that's kind of rotoscoped right. very quickly. So but, uh, you know, it kind of has this, a similar feel to uh, to stuff from War with Bashir, not the seriousness of the tone of it, but just the, the kind of the, the, the style. aesthetics. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it feels like someone has seen that film and maybe shown a couple of minutes of it to Prince and he's gone, yes, let's do the video in that style. So you have intercut between the band just kind of against a green screen, you know, kind of, you know, playing the song. You have um, Keisha Castle Hughes, who, you know, is a New Zealand actor who found fame in uh, Whale Rider and has been in, you know, a number of different things since. Yeah. Um, you know, including playing the Virgin Mary in uh, the Nativity Story, I think it was. I was think the name right. of that film? Yeah. yeah. Um, so she is being bullied. She is the cinnamon girl of the title. Um, and you see, at one point, you do see someone wearing a headscarf, which is right. possibly where, you know, the, the kind of the implication of her being a Muslim probably, you know, got into my head. Um, but Prince says, you know, tearful words for the love of people she'd never met before, asking God to grant them mercy in the face of a holy war. So <laughs> it's like, you know, and then we get like the, the kind of upbeat chorus of just the word cinnamon girl. And it's like, the way it's sung, it's kind of such a weird contrast to this kind of very serious, here is a person praying for, you know, the people that she knows in the Middle East, in the middle of a holy war to not maybe be killed. And then Prince is kind of cheerfully singing Cinnamon Some... Girl with the rest of the band. Yeah. And it's it's such a, a weird kind of little contrast, um, yeah. you know. And I, I don't know, like, he, like we say, he says, you know, Cinnamon Girl of mixed heritage, never knew the meaning of colour lines. 9-11 turned that all around when she got accused of this crime. Mm -hmm. uh, much like in the song uh, Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard, we never find out what the particular crime is. Right. Just like we don't find out in that song what, the, what, the, what, what was against the law in that song. So Prince is kind of keeping it vague, maybe, Very. you know, because I feel like if, if he kind of specifically said what was going on, maybe people would not be sympathetic for this person or maybe they would, you know, he's he's always been, if whenever he gets political, he's always been very kind of coy. He, clearly, he doesn't approve of people being attacked for their race, but at the same time, he's being very careful not to kind of alienate anyone by, you know, specifically saying, and you know, maybe police brutality or, you know, like he's not bringing up something specific that could kind of inflame things. He's just trying to get sympathy for the kind of protagonist of this song. I agree. I think uh, the ambiguity is done on purpose. To It's not so much about what she's being accused of. It's that she's being accused of something she didn't do because of how yeah. she looks. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, he does say, of course, so we began the mass illusion war on terror alibi, mm -hmm. which I don't know. I, I love that this is the point at which Prince, like, I don't know. I, even in 2004, I think people had, I don't know that people had t turned against George Bush and the whole war on terror thing. But it's just it's just it's kind of interesting that Prince is, is basically on the right side of history. Um, with right. this upbeat pop song, you know, <laughs> you know, this kind of mass illusion thing that like. You know, he's not saying that, uh, that uh, you know, Colin Powell lied. Right. Um, but if Prince had actually included, like, a verse where he was, like, Colin Powell lied at the UN, I would have loved this song. Like, it would have been an instant five out of five if Prince could have snuck that <laughs> I mean, in there. Avalanche part two, Colin Powell. <laughs> Colin Powell is a liar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, of course, he says, you know, what's the use of the God of Confusion keeps telling, uh, telling the same lie? Uh, and then we get Cinema Girl again, just coming back mm -hmm. in, upbeat and... You know, uh, but then, you know, Prince does what he sometimes does in these songs where he will he will assure the, the kind of the subject of the song. And he says, don't cry, don't shed no tears. One one night won't make us feel because we know how this movie's ending. Like this kind of don't cry, don't shed no tears. He said don't shed no tears in, in, in quite a few songs up until this point. And that always seems to be his way of reassuring people of like, yeah. you know, there's no point crying over this particular thing. You know, like this you know, too shall pass. Don't worry about yeah. it. 
Yeah, he just seemed to kind of he just came seemed to kind of one big picture the whole thing and be like, look, you know, don't worry about this one night, you know, like this this whole thing's a lot bigger than this. Right. Um, and then he returns to the broader theme of you know war drums beating Babylon and scorch the blood red sky. Um, militants bomb the foreign gun. Both sides truly die. Again, that's something that he's done before. Where you know, if there's an issue where he gets political, he has a tendency to kind of condemn both sides. He's like, right, there is no know, winner. I, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that this war is useless, and I'm not saying I'm for this war. I'm just saying both sides of this particular thing are not going to persuade me to join either of them. So you know, like, there's no, there's this, this is just a pointless exercise all around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then we get the cinnamon girl. You know, she opens a book. Uh, she knows we'll settle all the scores, and then she prays after the war that there will not be any more. And you know, again, that kind of fits with the broader theme that Prince has always had of of being a fairly peaceful guy. You know, yeah. it's not like, it's not like he's ever been one to kind of back um, you know armed revolt of any kind. You know, he's always been the person who's like, I feel like love can kind of calm us all down and, mm-hmm. and find the way. Um, you know, that's that's how he won in both of his films. You know, yes, when that's he, true. In in both Purple Rain and Graffiti Bridge, he won by a ballad. So. Yeah, he just didn't get that, a chance in Under the Cherry Moon because, you know, he ended up getting shot. Although he still felt the, the need to eulogize his own character with a ballad. So, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so all of his films always finish with a ballad. Um, yes. But yeah, so in this case, you know, he's basically saying, you know, that, that obviously whoever the cinnamon girl is, uh, she is essentially above whatever this fray is, you know, like she prays that the war will end and that there won't be any more war. But ultimately that's not something that she's got control of yeah um you know and then the song kind of after after the final kind of cinnamon girl we do kind of have um i don't know to me it always, this song always feels weird when it ends because it's like the last like kind of 20 seconds just feel like a bit of leftover music like the band oh. just keeps on playing and and then they just kind of stop and you're like oh so i like there's no big finish to the song it just it just kind of ends a little bit which is always a it's always a little weird um, but then something I will say about musicology is you do kind of have this feeling of there's not like it's not like a concept album or anything, but the songs do kind of flow into each other a little bit. So yes. there are sometimes where some of the songs do feel like they're, they're basically leading you into the next song. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, there are two songs that basically feel like two halves of the same song. Right. Um, when you have the marrying kind. And, yeah, and uh, if I if I was the man in your life. Yeah, the, uh-huh. so so it, so there's a lot of times where it does feel a little bit like some of these songs, they they don't fully feel like they've finished because they're about to go into the next song, and I think <laughs> that's just the feeling at the end of this one is like there's a little bit of music just because the next song's about to start and Prince is kind of easing us into it. Yeah, um, you know, it does. It I mean, you know, the album does feel like an album. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel like a collection of songs as some of the previous albums towards the end of the '90s kind of felt. Yeah, definitely, you know, it was very cohesive as far as an album goes mm-hmm. yeah so i feel like that's what that's about is but on the video it looks really weird because you just have the band standing around playing the music for <laughs> yes. like 20 seconds and then the, the video just ends um so if you're listening to the song it kind of makes sense because you know that the next song's about to start but on the video it just looks a really weird it's just kind of a really weird ending yeah um, i mean when the video, video ended i expected within the next half second for the next song on the album to start playing you know? yeah <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how the album kind of leaves you isn't it it's like mm-hmm. 
you're expecting the next song to begin, but it doesn't. So, yep. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is like this is an album that I, you know, I, I remember the day I bought it. I remember listening to it immediately the day that it came out. There were so many songs on here that I kind of instantly. This is probably the first time since I don't know, maybe Diamonds and Pearls, where I'd listened to an album and every track I was like immediately taken by the songs and. You know, so I think a little bit of that kind of maybe goes into my grade because I think I would say for this maybe four out of five. Um, but I don't know, maybe I'm going to be like a point higher than pretty much everybody else for this album just because I, I vividly remember like this being kind of Prince becoming relevant. Like for me, I hadn't bought any WS because it was very, very expensive. I think the CD was about £19 in okay. like my local uh-huh. HMV, which is the only place that was shop- was stuck in it. So I didn't buy that for a number of years. Um, obviously, I hadn't heard anything from, um, you know, Expectation because that was only available online. Um, you know, like the last time basically I'd bought a Prince album was uh, Rainbow Children. Right. And, you know, this was kind of an unprecedented like three year gap <laughs> um, in terms of me buying Prince albums. Like previous to that, I'd basically been buying one every single year or sometimes occasionally two in a single year. Right. So, like, I feel like maybe the, the kind of the excitement of having a new Prince album finally and, you know, feeling that Prince was you know, kind of back in the mainstream. Obviously, he'd been, you know, he'd had his rock and roll, you know, Hall of Fame performance that everyone kind of talked about. And so it just it just felt like Prince was kind of more relevant again. Um, and, you know, that kind of excitement, I think, maybe influences how I feel about the songs on this album a little bit. So for me, it's a, it's a four. Okay. I'm the same way. I remember buying the album. We have probably four or five copies of this album. One, the retail packaging, and then I think four copies of the cheaper... Uh, packaging of the album that was handed out during the musicology tour because my wife and I saw it twice. Uh, this song wasn't played during the tour, which I thought was kind of an interesting choice. That's it's a you know kind of a statement song on the album. It was a single. There's a video for it, but it wasn't touched on during the supporting tour for the album. Um, but I thought I I, I was, I'm glad to hear you give it a four because that's where I am too. I thought that it's. Um, you know, as far out on a limb as Prince will probably go on record making a statement political or uh, religious or otherwise. So, um, and I thought the video was well done. There was a lot of care taken in the artistry of the video. Um, so yeah, I'm at a four. Like you say, Prince didn't perform it on the tour, which, you know, is kind of unusual because the musicology tour was very much a tour about musicology. Yes. Like everything on that album was <laughs> was kind of the basis of the set list. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the point at which Prince... You know, from this point forward, his his live tours tended to be the album that he was releasing mixed with a best of. Right. Um, you know, and, and that that's kind of he basically embraced his back catalogue after musicology. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just as a way of being like, well, you know, how else, at this point, I think he's like, how else am I going to get money if not through touring? Yes. And obviously musicology was like the most successful tour of 2004. And I think maybe that kind of made him realize that, you know, if you're going to have a tour, you're going to have to have at least play some of the hits to get people to come out. That's um, right. You know, you can promote your latest album. People are fine with that, but you have to kind of mix it with the hits. But it is unusual that, you know, he, he didn't perform this. But then again, at the same time, if you've done a video and you've released a single and, you know, there were some occasions where Prince did that, where once he'd released, you know, a filmed version or, you know, a version that he felt was maybe the definitive version, he didn't bother performing it live again. So maybe that was the thinking here was like, if people want to hear this song, he, they've got the video they can watch. Yeah, you know, in fourteen years' time. That's right. <laughs> once, it, once it eventually gets onto YouTube, um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like I again, it, it feels like maybe even a few years after this had come out, 
even though Prince was on the right side of history in terms of the, the lies about WNDs, maybe there was no need for him to kind of return to it as a song, you know, because I feel like people were already on his side. You don't need, like, protest songs only work if what you're protesting is not the status quo. Once people are on your side, you don't you don't need to be keep protesting. You've already won the argument. <laughs> That's right. It's over and done. Yeah, so I think by the time you get to like two thousand six, seven, maybe Prince is like, I don't need to, I don't need to perform this song. <laughs> I feel like people are already on the side of the Cinnamon Girl. I don't need to persuade them anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still interesting that you know the the video, like you say, it ha- it like it it does seem like some Prince put some actual thought into it. It wasn't just you know some of the kind of like um, chaos and disorder era videos where it was just Prince in a studio yeah. in Paisley Park and people painting their face half white and half black and <laughs> you know like yeah. the car park being a substitute for somewhere else and like this actually felt like a video where someone had come in and you know pitched an idea to Prince and they'd yeah. actually executed it quite well right um you know so i you know i i i think the video kind of maybe even sells it a little bit you know cuz if if you're just listening to the song you're listening to the song but when you watch the video you're like oh well you know there is there is, the message is still there also in the video as well. You know it's it's nice to kind of have that. Probably the first time since maybe uh, Money Don't Matter Tonight where you've had a video that kind of enhances the message of the song a little bit. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, I feel like we said about as much as we can about uh, Cinnamon Girl. Not a song by Neil Young. Not um, w- worth emphasizing that because every single review I read of Musicology always said in brackets not the song by Neil Young. Uh, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Josh? Uh, yeah, thanks, Darren. Um, I co-host a podcast with my wife called The Mountains in the Sea. It's um, where we take a look at a Prince album and era. Uh, we cover the album, supporting materials, B-sides, videos, related artist albums. Um, and each episode, we pick a high point, which is our mountain, and a low point, which is our sea. Um, you can find us on Twitter at TMATS Podcast, T-M-A-T-S Podcast, or on Facebook at the Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast, and we're available uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook, a Prince Track by Track, or on Twitter, a Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure why you would, unless, of course, you are Keisha Cassidy Hughes, then by all means, do email and let us know what the video shoot for Cinnamon Girl was like <laughs> at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Josh. Thank you, Darren. And otherwise, goodbye. Goodbye. Just watch all, all the cars go by.